Friday, October 29th here in DraftShark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 8 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. Jared, what do you like for cash at quarterback on DraftKings this week? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of all in on Josh Allen this week. Um, it, it might be a week where I play him in 100% of my tournament teams. And I, I'm, I'm probably going to pay up for him in cash as well. I, I just I love this spot for the Bills at home coming off the bye against the Dolphins defense that Allen has owned throughout his career now. Um, 8.2 yards per, per pass attempt. 19 passing touchdowns in seven career meetings. He's also averaging 54 rushing yards and 0.4 rushing touchdowns per game. You know, this year's Dolphins defense is not any better than any of those have been. Uh, Miami also facing the, the fifth most offensive snaps per game. And there's a couple of reasons for that. You know, one, their defense isn't very good. Two, they're they're a pass heavy offense, which you know, so they're not bleeding clock when they're when they have the ball. And Miami's also a fast paced team. The Bills and Dolphins are both top 13 in situation neutral pace it's actually the fastest paced game of the week so you're going to get a lot of plays out of the bills i think on sunday which which always helps yeah so i mean even if you're not going to josh allen in cash you think you're going to want pieces of this game on one side or another because there's going to be plenty of offense in it i could tell not only from where josh allen was in our rankings but looking at your article on (laughs) draftsharks.com i was like i'm not even going to bother asking jared what player we should put in the thumbnail this week i think josh allen's pretty safe bet yes so i We'll certainly give a look to Josh Allen. As we know on the show, though, I like to go cheaper at quarterback in cash. I'm going to start my plans with Matt Ryan here at 5,900 bucks. Worked last week as a cash game quarterback. 40 plus attempts now in three straight games for Ryan. He is over 280 passing yards in each of those three games. Over 330 in each of the past two. Two plus touchdown passes in five straight. So, I mean, you know, I mentioned it on at least the Thursday show and he started out the season terribly against the Eagles. And then ever since then, he's gone back to being Matt Ryan. It was like, he watched the film from week one. He was like, Oh, wait a second. I forgot I'm Matt Ryan. I don't have to be amazing. I can just be Matt Ryan the rest of the way. So I think in that range of more affordable quarterbacks, Matt Ryan's floor is more attractive than guys like Carson Wentz. I think it's more attractive than Ryan Tannehill and Ryan Tannehill is another $700 extra in salary. So that's where I'm starting. And I also like that Calvin Ridley, is just 6,600 for me to pair with Ryan in whether it's a cash or tournament lineup. Yeah. The whole Falcons offense, just looking better as they, I think settle into Arthur Smith's scheme uh, talked about yesterday's show too, how they went super pass heavy coming out of the bye. So hopefully that continues. So I, I like Matt Ryan as you know, the, the cheapest cash play I'd go to. Um, I, I'll throw out Jalen hurts too. I think, you know, we talked about pretty much every week, but I think even at, you know, 7,200 bucks now, he still makes sense as a cash play. And then Justin Herbert, of course, I'm going to continue trying to get at least one piece of him, I guess, in tournaments. Hopefully, I, I think, you know, Austin Eckler's status will, for me, probably determine whether or not I do play one Herbert in tournaments. Yeah, I do think that'd be a pretty significant loss. Kind of sounds like Eckler is leaning towards, you know, being available for this game on Sunday, um, but but we'll see. So you'd lean away from using Justin Herbert if Austin Eckler is not playing in that game? I would. I mean, I, yeah, people make the argument that it's a tighter target tree if Eckler's out. Um, but I, I just think he's such a big part 
of that passing game, it would definitely lower Herbert's ceiling if Eckler isn't out there. I could see that. I mean, there's certainly also the case of they would lean even heavier on Herbert. So, you know, I, I think he's in play, but yeah, I, I don't I don't think he's a focal point for me this week. So do you have any other quarterbacks that you're liking on the GPP side? Nope. It'll be Allen and potentially Herbert for me in, in tournaments. Yeah, I like the Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley stack here as well, especially with a run back that I don't think is going to be too highly used. DJ Moore will probably be decently used, but Robbie Anderson at 4,700 bucks along with Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley kind of gives me a low cost trio with upside. Robbie Anderson, this is absolutely the only place that I would kind of bet on Robbie Anderson. And it's not like an every lineup thing or, you know, overweight on Robbie Anderson. But when you're getting this many targets, at some point, there's going to be at least a decent game, maybe a big game, but at least a decent game. And at 4700 bucks, I will take a decent game from him. Top eight among wide receivers in targets over the past four weeks, 57th in PPR points. So, I mean, something, there's, there's going to be a week somewhere. And this matchup with Atlanta seems like as good a spot as any. So if it does happen, I want to get repaid. Robbie Anderson owes me for some weeks. <laughs> I think there were even a couple of weeks with an NFL.com team where I started Robbie Anderson over Mike Williams at the beginning of the season that he still owes me big time for. So I want to make sure I get paid if Robbie Anderson has a game at any point. I'm not sure he can ever repay you enough for, you know, the, the <laughs> Anderson over Mike Williams call. Yeah, that team's still doing fine. So it's it's not too big a deal, but uh, he definitely owes me. I'm also curious to see the ownership projections on Tom Brady and his wideouts, because I don't think it'll be too high given the other options that we have on the week. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the matchup's not great, but Tom Brady's excellent. His wideouts are excellent. It's just Mike Evans and Chris Godwin at this point with Antonio Brown out again. So it's not that hard to pick who goes with him. And Rob Gronkowski is down 900 bucks in salary from where he was before his injury. Looks like he should be ready to play. So you know, that could be an interesting group to put into, you know, a few tournament lineups and see if they can go off. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to get to Brady this week in terms. I, I think it might be a relatively down week for the Bucks offense, just going on the road against, a, you know, a defense that's familiar with them. The, the Bucks gave Brady trouble last year. Brady was better in the playoff game, so maybe he kind of figured out that Saints defense, but um, it, it's not going to be any Brady for me. I, I do like Godwin and Gronkowski, though, as, you know, like, like one-off plays in tournaments. Uh, running back cash, what are you playing? Kind of a tough week for me in cash or running back. Besides Daryl Henderson, to me, he's the lock. And I still don't know how he busted last week in that matchup against the Lions. All the usage was there. Henderson played 88% of the snaps, got 15 carries and six targets, and you know, just came up with 9.4 DraftKings points. That was Henderson's first game of the season with fewer than 15.7 DK points. Now he's $100 cheaper this week at 6500 bucks. Gets the game against the Texans, the Rams, 14 and a half point favorites, big implied total. Houston 30th in football outsiders run defense ranking. So Henderson for me in cash for sure. Man, that's the kind of play that like three years ago, you could count on people backing off this week because he let them down last week and it doesn't happen so much anymore. I'll be curious to see if his ownership levels down. I mean, he was projected for like 22, 23% last week. So maybe it'll be down a little bit, but yeah, certainly remains a strong play for all that usage that you've been talking about. I also like Joe Mixon at 6,900 bucks. Good price for him. It's the top scoring matchup by DK points allowed and by our adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs on the season. And he, He's had double-digit DK scoring in all but one game this year. Not a whole lot of ceiling games, but there has been. There was one two weeks ago, um, so he has shown us some ceiling. And, you know, we know that it's there. The offense is rolling. There will be scoring opportunities. It's a bad defense that they're playing against. I also like James Robinson 
at 6,600 bucks, probably even a safer bet for touches than Joe Mixon. The second best scoring matchup by DK points allowed for him against Seattle this week, fourth by our adjusted fantasy points allowed metric. Robinson's seen 17 plus carries in three straight games, and that's two losses and one close win. So it's not like game flow has been, you know, drastically helping James Robinson lately. He's just a good bet to get touches. And he's a top the league in DVOA right now among runners. Yeah, I mean, my only concern with Mixon, and I, I don't want to speak ill of the guy because, you know, I, I love him, but um, his his passing game role has just been so inconsistent. So that scares me a bit. But like you said, the matchup is unbelievable. The, the two other guys I'm considering and leaning towards in cash, Najee Harris, 7500 bucks, 17.2 carries and 8.6 targets over the last five games. So even in a pretty tough matchup against Cleveland, I think Falium makes him a good play. And then I, I do think I'll end up using Kenneth Gainwell in cash at $5,000. I'm not expecting, I'm basically expecting him to play like a Chase Edmonds type of role, like 10 or so carries, but then, you know, five, six, seven targets. And the, the passing game matchup especially is really good for Gainwell. Uh, Football Outsider says Detroit dead last in running back coverage. So I, I think I'm going to end up playing him in cash at, at 5,000. I, I certainly think he's a fine guy to have in the pool for cash running backs. As long yeah. as you're not looking at Kenneth Gainwell and saying, well, that's a smash. He's going in my lineup definitely. Um, yes. because they, he's just not a lock for all the touches we saw last week after Miles Sanders went down, they weren't like, okay, Kenny, you're in charge now. It was like, all right, Boston Scott, you're on the field and both of you guys are going to have touches. Totally. Totally agree. On the GPP side, I'm chasing touches here more than I'm worrying about low ownership. So I'm mostly going to go with the guys that we've already talked about. Maybe a couple of other guys that we haven't discussed in that pool, you know, Deandre Swift among them, but nobody too sneaky. I think, if I want to go cheap here, though, I'm going to reach just past Kenneth Gainwell and take Michael Carter at 4,900 bucks. Jared, how many of Mike White's targets went to running backs last week after he stepped in? Uh, 44% of them. And that was with Corey Davis healthy, and he's not going to play uh, on Sunday. So, yeah, I mean, Carter should be busy. Yeah, Michael Carter is going to be busy. And at 4,900, I mean, I don't, I don't need him to have a big game to make sense of that number. Sure. Yeah, so I, I like the idea of pivoting off Kenneth Gainwell in tournaments. I do think he's going to be popular. Again, he's not going to be a workhorse, so that you know, adds risk. You know, there's, there's a chance he busts if he's not going to get 20 touches. I like Zach Moss as the pivot off Gainwell at $5,200. Um, again, I, I just think this Bills offense, you know, could put up 40 points on Sunday. You know, maybe Josh Allen doesn't get all the touchdowns. Maybe Zach Moss gets one or two. You know, he's outside of Josh Allen. Moss is the clear goal line back in Buffalo. Also averaging three targets per game over the last four outings now so you know he's been involved in the passing game Miami 27th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running back so I like Moss and going back up top I like Nick Chubb in tournaments he was a full go in practice today not on the final injury report so you know that that suggests that he is potentially ready for as much as Cleveland wants to give him maybe Dearness Johnson just plays the Kareem Hunt role and Chubb's volume doesn't change even in that case you know he could still pay off at 6,800 bucks but I mean what if Chubb gets even half of the cream hunt work, you know, an extra two targets and all the goal line work, you know, then he could just be a total smash at that price tag. Right. The downside is that he goes back to being Nick Chubb. The upside is that he's Nick Chubb plus some Kareem Hunt. And they're like, Dearness Johnson, that was very adorable last week. And we were glad to have you. But, you know, the older brother's back. So it's time to step aside. I will definitely be talking about Nick Chubb on the FanDuel side of things as well. Wide receiver for cash. I'll start with Calvin Ridley because I already, you know, talked about Matt Ryan. And even if I don't play Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley is squarely in the plans in that pool of players because of that positive salary. He, Keenan Allen, Chris Godwin, I think are all attractive 
in the mid 6K range, along with Deontay Johnson, just a little bit above at least Ridley and Allen. I think he's a little bit above uh, Chris Godwin as well. But for Deontay Johnson, 10 plus targets in four of his five games. So he's just among the best bets for target volume in that range. And, you know, as I just mentioned, we have lots of guys that you can count on for a good number of targets down there. Yeah, I think all those guys are, are pretty good bets for double digit targets on Sunday. I, I like Chris Godwin. I think he's, the, I believe he's the cheapest of all those guys at 6,400 bucks. Um, you know, no Antonio Brown, like Evan says, the Marshawn Lattimore matchup. So I would expect Godwin to, I, I think he's the odds on favorite to lead the Bucks in targets on Sunday. Michael Pittman, I like at $5,300, you know, just seven targets over the last two weeks for Pittman, but that was in a blowout against Houston and that rainy, windy game in San Francisco. Before that, in the four games before that, Pittman had seven, eight, 12, and 12 targets. That first 12 target game came against Tennessee, who you know he, he gets this week. This over-under has been climbing all week. It's up to 51 the last I saw. So it should be a high-scoring game. should be more passing volume from the Colts. And uh, Tennessee, uh, 31st in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. Yeah, and his salary is down 100 bucks from last week. Second straight week that it dropped by 100 bucks, even though he caught four balls for 105 yards last week against the 49ers. So I like Michael Pittman as well. I think also Jacoby Myers at 5,100 is interesting. On the other side of a Keenan Allen lineup, if you're playing Keenan Allen at wide receiver, GPP, you know, like I said, I like the Falcon stack because I think the ownership is going to be low and because I think the upside is high with Robbie Anderson at 4,700 bucks. Checking the bucks. I mentioned that in the quarterbacks. So I want to see what it looks like for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin as well for this side. I would imagine Godwin's going to be very highly owned. I'd be curious to see Mike Evans in particular coming off the three touchdown game, but still more expensive. And then I'm also curious to see the chargers ownership projections here, you know, with or without Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert, I think has some potential to kind of come in lower than he really should be. And you alluded to it earlier, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, even if Austin Eckler is there, it's pretty concentrated in terms of where the targets are going. So it's not hard to project where the ball goes if it's a big passing day. Yeah, I think we've all just kind of forgotten how good this Chargers offense is because they were just on by and they struggled in the game before the bag against Baltimore. But I, I still think you know they have as much upside as any offense on the slate. Mike Williams, full go in practice all week, so the knee injury is, is not a concern anymore. So I like that call. Um, I, I like the Calvin Ridley call with potentially Robbie Anderson as a little game stack there. I like AJ Brown and Michael Pittman as, you know, a stack together. I think more people are going to play their running backs in that game, but I think both those wide receivers have big upside. I like all, all the bills wide receivers, you know, Stefan Diggs, obviously, but I think Emmanuel Sanders, I think Cole Beasley is going to be the guy that gets the biggest bump from no Dawson Knox. I think you're going to see Beasley basically on the field for every pass play at least. So that's going to help him. Then I'll throw out Devonte Smith too. Um, you know, the volume has been there for most of the season. Jalen hurts has added some downside some weeks, uh, man, I, I just like this Lions matchup. I think you know, Detroit's secondary is just so bad. Football Outsiders says them 27th in Football Outsiders past these. So if, if you give, you know, Devontae Smith eight to 10 targets against that secondary, I, I think he has a chance at a big game. Yeah, I was kind of reminded yesterday, last night and this morning, how many targets Devontae Smith's been getting lately. He's been doing well in that area. So I, you know, I'm not sure that a huge game is coming, but it's possible those are definitely some players to play and not watch Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, <laughs> and Robbie Anderson. If you have lineups with those guys in, just wait until afterward and see what the results are. Do not watch it build. Yeah, watch Justin Herbert instead. That'll be a lot more fun. <laughs> That's right. A lot better, unless it goes the way the last year's Patriots <laughs> game did. But I, I, I would bet strongly against it. Tight end for That's cash. Right. Where are you starting? I'm going back to RSJ, Ricky Seals Jones. He's only up another. 100 bucks to 3,800. Um, here, here's where he ranks among all tight ends over the past three weeks. He's sixth in targets, 
seventh in catches, eighth in receiving yards, seventh in touchdowns. He's third in expected PPR points. He's eighth in actual PPR points. He's been a top eight tight end by any metric, and he's still just 3,800 bucks. Denver 19th in Football Outsiders tight end coverage ranking. So it's kind of a, a neutral matchup. I think the volume is just too strong for RSJ at that price. And Denver is just stronger at corner than it is much stronger than it is at inside linebacker. They're pretty good at safety as well, but you know, there's room to work that short middle range of the field against the Denver defense, which has been struggling in general lately. I I also am starting with Ricky seals Jones. I think Dan Arnold, you mentioned on the Thursday show, he also makes some sense here because of his $2,800 salary. And he's going up against Seattle, which is the sixth friendliest tight end scoring matchup by our adjusted fantasy points allowed. So at 2,800, if we get a guy that catches four balls and does anything beyond that, it's a, it's a good day. And, you know, anything more than that is just a bonanza. Yes, always love a, you know, playable $2,800 tight end. Really opens up what you can do with the rest of your lineup. Especially when it's a tight end who's really a wide receiver masquerading at tight end. That only helps. Yep. GPP, mm-hmm. what do you like? So Rob Gronkowski, we mentioned, you know, 4600 bucks. I, I almost want to say he's in play in cash at that price i mean it's risky i guess in his first game back from injury but i mean he opened the season with 29 and 19.9 dk point games i mean just he has with travis kelsey off the slate he has as much upside as anyone even kyle pitts i think so i like gronk in tournaments i'm going back to tyler higby too um 4500 bucks usage has been awesome he is second among tight ends in both red zone and end zone targets he's really you know he's really underachieved in the touchdown department so far for the usage he's been getting and you know the Rams should put up 30 plus points on Sunday against Houston so there's big touchdown upside for Tyler Higby. Yeah, I think if you're building a bunch of tournament entries, you spread it around among Tyler Higby, Rob Gronkowski and Dallas Goddard in the same price range because all those guys could let you down or they all could score a touchdown or two. Um so I agree with all the players in that range. Tyler Higby, you know, we've talked about the red zone stuff. He's got 10 red zone receptions more than Robert Woods on the season, just two touchdowns by comparison, Cooper cup has nine touchdowns among 16 red zone receptions. So there's just upside there. And the matchup is helpful this week. I think Mike Jasicki at 5,000 bucks is also kind of in that range, a little bit more expensive. So you have to get up to him. Not quite as attractive as those other guys, but probably going to come in lower owned than those three guys in the mid four, four K range too. Agreed. Defense, Jared, what's your favorite? I really want to, pay up for the bills and you know they're expensive at 3300 but not even they, that expensive though I, I was gonna say i mean i mean they should be a four thousand plus dollar i mean they they are leading defenses and DraftKings points per game at 12 um they're they've been a great real life defense they put up 22 points in the first meeting against miami they're at home big favorites dolphins have the third lowest implied total of the week so you know it's more expensive than i like to pay up in cash games but i, I really think that the bills are worth it if you can get there Yeah. And I mean, they're going to be highly owned, but it's just, I I don't, I would love to see how the algorithm got to that point of pricing the bills the way that they are, because they're not, I mean, they're, they're like eighth among defenses in price. It's the league's best defense by multiple metrics. The dolphins are a positive matchup for defense scoring. And even the past two weeks with two a back and going over 400 total yards, they've amassed three turnovers in those two games. So it's not even like they stopped turning the ball over when Tua came back. They turned it over three times back in week two against Buffalo. Of course, most of that game was Jacoby Brissett. But last year, week 17, that game, of course, where the Bills had already clinched and pulled the starters early, 
Miami turned the ball over four times and a blowout loss in that one. So, I mean, I think we both expect Buffalo to control this game, which is only going to add pressure to Tua in the offense. I think there's huge upside. I don't even really care so much about the ownership level. I'm going to try to get to them as well, but there are some cheaper options if you need to. Yeah. I mean, Washington to me is tempting just because they're 2,100 bucks and they've been horrible, but I mean, it's it's Denver. It's Mm -hmm. a fine matchup. I think they're probably not going to kill you. Um, So I'll consider Washington in cash if I really need the savings. The other Ds I'll consider in tournaments, the Bengals who get the Jets, San Francisco who gets Justin Fields and the Bears, Cleveland, Ben Roethlisberger. That's a matchup I want to attack all season. And then Jacksonville, you know, again, against Geno Smith, I think, you know, for their price, I believe they're 2,400 bucks. Some upside there just because of uh, the quarterback matchup. Yeah, Washington, Washington's matchup with Denver, the Broncos are the fourth best matchup for team defenses by our adjusted fantasy points allowed. So that's also a positive matchup. You know, you said Washington's been terrible, but we don't really care whether they've been good or not. If you can get one good fantasy week, you can play a bad defensive game and still have a good fantasy week with some big plays. I also want to throw out the Colts at 2600 as a tournament only defense, because I think that they'll be extremely low owned because we know that the Titans can score points. They just threw a bunch mm-hmm. up against the Chiefs. The Colts are a talented defense, though. It's a negative scoring matchup with Tennessee. So, you know, not something that I'm expecting to work out, but priced low enough that it can make sense. Some savings on the bills. And most importantly, is that difference, that differentiating ownership level, where if the Colts score a touchdown on defense or get a couple of sacks, you know, not a couple, if they get five sacks and really just limit the Titans, then you're getting a boost versus the rest of the field. Ryan Tannehill has taken the sixth highest sack rate in the league this year. And we've seen some turnovers. They're in the middle of the league in that category. So, you know, they're not coughing it up a lot, but they're also not stingy with the ball. Yeah. Colts are up to three point home favorites now. So yeah, you know, if the game flow goes in that direction, Tannehill has to throw up more than usual. That kind of gives you the upside for the Colts. D. That's right. That's going to do it for this week. Eight DraftKings podcast, head over to DraftSharks.com now to get more player recommendations if you're a ds insider you can check out jared's cash game picks as well as top gpp options then you can check out oh i'm sorry and then you can see the top gpp options from Corey bushland got lost in my notes here for a second you can also mess around with the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the ds projections and fan share ownership projections for more discussion of dfs and other formats you can also join the free draft sharks discord find the link to do that in the description for this podcast for Jared Small and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Schaff saying thanks so much for some of us.